Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowing.com. We have an epic interview for you today with our good friend, Chris Trump. Chris Trump returns to the show to talk about Korean natural farming and stuff like JMS, uh, Lactobacillus, his new website that's coming up very soon. A tour is going to be doing of Ireland very soon as well. Uh, this interview is packed full of loads of information where you can use Korean natural farming techniques in your grow room and you can pretty much make your own homemade nutrients really easily. So listen to this episode, take some notes. If there's any of these techniques that you think might work in your grow room, then give it a shot and let us know how it works over at percysgrowroom.com. Sign up if you haven't done that already. But anyway, we'll leave you for now to listen to this interview with Chris Trump. The first 10 minutes, he's outside smoking, so the audio is a little off. But once he's finished smoking, he goes back inside, sits down, and the audio gets much better. So just bear with it for about 10 minutes and it will get much better. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview. I'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. So for those who don't know, how would you explain what uh, KNF is? Um, real simply, it's it's partnering with natural law. Um, science is based in studying natural law and phenomena. Mm-hmm. So it's partnering with things we know of natural law um, to uh, grow food or, or medicine. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's working with the way nature already works. And uh, by, by plugging in in that way, we really um, are able as farmers to reap the benefit of uh, an incredibly complex and uh, efficient system mm-hmm. um, without having to come up with one of our own. So we're, we're kind of setting down some of the, what we've come up with and, and returning to nature does it really well. Let's just work with nature and uh, reap the benefits. I was reading on your website as well. You got involved with KNF because you had uh, an insect problem on your nut, or what was it? Some kind of nut farm. Yep. Uh, when I learned about natural farming, I was managing uh, with my dad our 750-acre um, macadamia nut farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, four years after kind of beginning to implement and running a 144-acre trial, um, we s- switched our whole uh, operation over to organic and ran natural farming for years. Um, and uh, it's still organic and uh, doing really well. Mm-hmm. We actually have, I have a bag of macadamia nuts. I'll pull out in a minute. I'll show you our, our product. We, we ship uh, <laughs> pa- packaged macadamia nuts, but. Um, nice. Chris yeah. is going to show us his nut sack, everybody. <laughs> oh, <heck yeah. laughs> Only for you guys. No. Only for you guys. Special viewing now. Pay-per-view. We, uh, Monkey recently has been doing some KNF with his cocoa growth. So he's yeah. like running both, ain't you, Monkey? Cool. Yeah, I mean, the last time I had spoken to you, I was kind of curious about somebody using some of this KNF techniques and, and kind of implementing some of that in a cocoa. And you, you were, were ta- very- you were asking about uh, about combining packs about about absolutely. Mix I wanted to put microbes into my salt co- my salt grow in a cocoa, and you said you basically said go for it, do it. 
And I have to say, it's been an amazing res result. I mean, uh, first of all, for the cost Ooh, of two man. baked potatoes and maybe an afternoon uh, to make five gallons of concentrated potato soup that the plants absolutely love, was that was an experience unto itself, put it that way. You know, you get five awesome. gallons of concentrate and you can pretty much water everything in your yard with that five gallons of concentrate by the time it's diluted. And everything, including my, my start at the cannabis, uh, this is a cocoa grow. So all I did was instead of fertigating one day with salts, I fertigated with J, JMS. And the next day, cool. everything in the tent was praying, everything, even the lower foliage on the plant was praying. It was like, what the heck is happening here? And, and uh, so, I mean, I, I did that. You just solubilized all your nutrients and made them plant available. It was it was crazy. And so I, I, I kept on feeding salts for the next two weeks. And then I came back and hit it again with JMS two weeks later. And while it, while the uptick was not quite as dramatic, because I think I still had microbes in the cocoa at that point somewhat, but that kind of like reinforced it. So what I, if you challenged me to try this and I tried it, what I'm learning is, Microbes will live just fine in, in cocoa. <laughs> they, they love it in there, as a matter of fact. They will They will live. They won't um, they will necessarily, um, they won't multiply at the same rate as a, as a soil growth. Yeah, correct. They, they, won't, they won't take over on, on the same level, but yeah, they'll live, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I was finding is that just a periodic reapplication was a little bit of a reinforcement there, but kind of call it a kind of approach you know feed the organics and the synthetics together and let, let nature do no, its thing no no let's let's just <laughs> strike that term from the record <laughs> oh, i'll edit it out yeah i'll put <laughs> i'll put beeps over it <laughs> <laughs> so that's after awesome even, monkey good good on you man. so after going in that route then i decided okay let's take a look at lactobacillus and see what this can do here so mm -hmm. I followed the instructions, created the lactobacillus, and then just basically I, I incorporated it with the JMS. But what I'm doing is I'll do JMS this week and I'll do lacto next week and like alternating back and forth. And I mean, the plants are more vigorous. I'm having less problems with calcium deficiencies, which is huge in cocoa. And uh, I mean, the harvest is, is better. Buds are more solid. I can't say anything wrong about this approach right now. And I was yeah, a that's, skeptic. That's this so is a cool. skeptic talking here. No, I remember. I remember. You're like, yeah, I'm good at salts. What are you going to teach me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know okay. what? I've got to listen to what you tell me, and I've got to try it, or else I'm stupid, or even asking. So I get. Well, it we, do, we don't want to. We don't want to stop learning, right? We're indeed. We're, we're all continuing to learn. But it was amazing to me to see that JMS my pineapple plants i have never seen them so happy in my life after i fed them a, a dose of jms the citrus trees all the leaves on the citrus tree were pointing up at the sky the next day it was just this stuff is just like oh my gosh i, don't, I have a feeling how my easy to right <laughs> really i have a feeling my soil was telling me uh, i need a little bit more of this do this more often but we had a few terms there but we could get chris to like sum up for us because there's some of the listeners who are going to be like, what the fuck are they talking about? What is lactobacillus? What is JMS? You know, they'll be asking all these, all these questions. So oh, we yeah. should really answer some of those. So Chris, what is uh, Jardam? Is Jardam? I'm saying that right? Jadam? Jardam? Jadam, micro... Jadam, Jadam. Yeah. How, how you like. Micro microbial um, solution, yeah. It means farmers and, and synergy with nature. 
Um, and um, yeah, so the JMS is a, uh, a, a simplification of IMO. So it is a tool or a technique that a farmer can use to um, capture or, or cultivate indigenous microbial life from your surrounding area very inexpensively and easily. Um, it's kind of like, like you'd buy a, a jug of microbes, but way better in um, indigenous. So it's gonna, it's gonna play nice with your, your um, bacteria that blows in and your air ducts and your wet in your air um, but it's a, a diverse, so lots of yeast and bacteria, a tiny bit of fungi. Um, JMS isn't uh, amazing at um, perpetuating fungi. It's kind of a, it's too um, anaerobic to really get a, a huge swath of it going. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, a, it's an easy, no learning curve method for a farmer to take nearly free ingredients and... Um, and uh, tune up or, or inoculate their systems with uh, diverse microbials, uh, diverse microbials that work in the root zone to help feed the plants. The plants actually um, work symbiotically with a lot of these microbes. And um, that symbiosis um, is, um, solubilizes the nutrients you're buying. So you're buying these nutrients, you're getting maybe a 20% uptake and now with JMS, you're getting 80 plus percent uptake of the nutrients you already paid for, you already put in your system. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really um, capitalizing on what you're using. Um, and then lactobacillus or in natural farming, just we love abbreviations. So, um, so JMS is Jadam Microbial Solution. Again, it's kind of a, a short shorthand of IMO. IMO is the natural farming indigenous microorganism, which is a, a four-step method to really cultivate the whole swath of microbes, mm -hmm. including a really good focus on fungi, which cannabis plants love. So mm -hmm. next level stuff, monkey, would be to jump in <laughs> and, uh, and uh, spend a year uh, perfecting your, your skills at IMO because it oh, is man. much more of a much more of a learning curve, but but totally worth it. Uh, if you get that down, I'll, I'll tell you, you'll never go back just because of how your plants will react. But um, JMS is an easy entry. That's kind of why we talked about it, because it's like, hey, you've never tried it before. You don't want to be hitting your head against the wall learning this complex tech. So um, JMS is this really simple tech to um, get started with microbes in your garden and then Lactobacillus, or LAB, uh, lactic acid bacteria, LAB, is what um, is, is a, another thing. And that's even simpler as far as microbial diversity. It's, it's really one family of microbes, lactobacilli family microbes, and you're cultivating what you have locally. And that is, I mean, they are huge um, as far as percentage in a human biome system like 70% of our microbes are lactobacilli family microbes in our gut and on our skin and our hair. Um, we rely on them. And then um, in the soil, it's real similar. Plants rely on and eat these microbes. They're facultative anaerobes. So they thrive in both anaerobic and aerobic conditions. And um, 
and they're they're great at um, cleaning leaves, um, keeping your system fresh, keeping things from getting um, kind of um, bogged down with nutrient buildup. Um, they can also be a preventative or a um, a treatment for um, some mildew problems like um, uh, powdery mildew or um, Mm -hmm. uh downy mildew so you can use it to kind of eat up the stuff that gets going on the leaves um in some cases so mm. that's uh yeah a pretty useful tool for uh for farmers especially because again it's really easy um takes a pretty short amount of time i mean how much not too much learning curve there right monkey no, on I mean, the, uh, just a, an old carton of milk and a carton and a, a, a runoff of some yogurt. And a few days later, I had lactobacillus culture. It was nothing to it. Yeah, that's that's pretty simple. And there's a yeah. guide for um, it on Percy's Growing as well. I, I wrote a guide because I made some lactobacillus too. And it was surprisingly easy and surprisingly not too smelly because you're letting that milk go rotten or you know, let it go sour. Well, you? you're not. Yeah. If, you, if, you leave it, if you leave milk out, on the mm -hmm. counter it'll go rotten it'll smell mm -hmm. real bad mm -hmm. but if you take the milk and you take that fresh um it's pasteurized generally your milk so it's it's an empty it's microbially a vacuum there's nothing alive in it mm -hmm. and you treat it or inoculate it with a these big strong microbes lactobacilli family microbes mm -hmm. nothing else gets a shot of that milk because they're mm -hmm. too big and and strong to really let the stuff that would cause it to rot or putrefy mm -hmm. to have purchase. So there's, they're kind of, they, they get first shot and they use up all the usable space. Anything else tries to get established in there and they uh, boot it out or relegate it to a small portion of the uh, community. So yeah, it's, it's actually uh it's, it's a lot like we make food, you know, that's it's cheese making really mm -hmm. in its simplest form or, um, you know, we make sauerkraut with lactobacilli family microbes, kimchi, um, all these, you know, even even beer and uh, and wine rely on uh, some of those. Actually, wine, I think you, you got to be careful. You don't want too much of that because it'll it'll change the flavor. But um, yeah, it's it's a big part of, you know, stuff that we interact with every day. And what you're doing by kind of intentionally culturing it is you're creating a tool for ag use. Mm -hmm. yep that's true and i did learn one thing that i was after i did my reading after i did this i created too much lactobacillus and it was mixed with uh molasses so i decided what the heck i'll go ahead and hit the compost bin with this well that compost bin smelled like a dairy barn for the rest of the summer <laughs> as it rotted there so the lactobacillus did let that compost rot but it did change the odor and how it rotted quite a bit that yeah, was interesting and, to do that. and compost, um, really, if you're going to do that real well, um, you're going to want something other than just bacteria because bacteria is not going to be able to process your lignin rich or your, your kind of carbon um, rich materials like woods and yeah. uh, woody materials. And so, yeah, it's, it's not the whole picture, but it's an incredible tool. I don't do that anymore. The smell was a little bit much for me. <laughs> but yeah, I've also started adding, um, starting to experiment a little bit with putting the compost teas into the cocoa and All right. 
got a worm worm lady here that's trying to convince me to add the worm teas in there as well. So, I mean, I guess all absolutely, of that absolutely add the worm teas. Okay, well, they're saying that you know the more diversity of micros in the cocoa is going to be using less and less nutrients for me. I've got to say that I'm running a lot lower EC these days in the cocoa and getting better yields. Uh, so the oh, microbes may actually be helping me here. Oh yeah, they are. They're they're going to process some of that stuff that gives you that EC number. And the terpenes. Basically. Oh, I love the terpenes. It's giving me too. So that that I would say the terpene or the biochemical level is what's caused natural farming to take off in the U.S. There's it's so test heavy with the legal market, so regulated. All these tests are giving these farmers like each season kind of a a grade on their on their methods, and so people are trying these adding in their microbes and then they're getting their results back on their biochemicals cannabinoids and terpenes and they're saying wow something changed what did i change i added microbes and so everybody's just kind of never never doing less than they did the year before as far as living soil because they don't want to go back to those lower numbers so it's a it's a pretty pretty easy um decision there once you get uh once you get those test results i would have to say yes definitely i could see that because i mean in even small-scale hobbyists you see huge uh very obvious results from it you know just everything about the plant seems to be a lot healthier on this and i have to say uh, you're looking at and talking to a, a huge skeptic right here but not anymore you know i'm on mm -hmm. board mm -hmm. i'm excited for you monkey that sounds like a fun adventure now I've got a couple of questions here from another guy at the at the site that has also gone down the same rabbit hole I'm going down, except he's doing it in soil, uh, and I'm doing it in cocoa. And he wants to know: Is there a difference in if you're making winter versus summer JMS? There'll be a different. Um, you'll get a little bit different microbes that will um, express themselves at different times of year in the soil. So you might get a slightly different swath. Um, in with IMO, which is kind of the the whole picture, if if JMS is kind of IMO light, IMO being uh, the whole picture, we take collections that are shelf stable. So with JMS, you take a handful of soil and leaf litter, and you use it. You know, you take that handful and use it, and then it's spent. With uh, IMO, you go out and you set out a, an auger or a um, uh, media that the microbes will grow on which is white rice because it's really kind of a, a blank or ready to eat um, media mm -hmm. and um, you do that in the spring the summer the fall winter if you if you have temperatures above 40 degrees uh, consistently you can't drop below 40 or you can't make those collections but um, yeah we get all those collections on the shelf you know spring summer fall winter and um we make our inoculum out of the whole swath. So we might have 12 collections. They all go into that uh, next step, which is growing it out on a substrate of carbon and uh, carbohydrates and plant fats. And, um, and then you have the whole picture of kind of what expresses in the year. But yeah, if you're using JMS and you want to use your media to kind of hold diversity, 
then you can uh, you can do an application from each season, spring, summer, fall, winter, JMS, and uh, get those all in there. Okay. And what he also was asking, if he's feeding both JMS and uh, labs, can he put it in the same bucket and feed it at the same time? Um, here's a helpful bit. Okay. JMS is packed with LAB. Okay. You don't need both. Right. right. Yeah. You're already culturing LAB in JMS and you're culturing it in balance. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, if he wanted to combine them, it wouldn't hurt. Um, but it might be kind of double the work, you know, I don't, I don't know that you're really getting that much better results. You can play with it, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, some people just like LAB because it's super simple. Um, Mm -hmm. it's really good on foliar, you know, kind of cleaning up the leaves from, you know, nutrients or anything that's dust that's sitting on there that might lead to mold. Um, and JMS, we typically don't want to apply JMS foliarly okay. because it is, um, it, it just has the potential to, to kind of, it, it can create problems. It doesn't typically, but it can. So usually we do a soil drench with JMS, whereas LAB, I never really would have a problem um, really at any stage of the plant's growth to use it foliarly. Okay. That, that, that makes sense then. And I was looking, I've, I've seen a lot of different guides on, on how to make the JMS and, and the, uh, the older guides seem to actually request you use a small amount of seawater instead of salt. Now, of course, I'm not close to a sea and, and things like that. And we're using sea salt, so we're getting some of those things in there. Something occurred to me the other day. I've got a, a freshwater pond on site. Would it be an advantage for me to use that water to make JMS since it's probably already got microbes in that water? Yeah, that, that wouldn't hurt um, using your freshwater pond water. And um, yeah, if if it calls for sea salt in natural farming, um, the best is going to be seawater because there are salt-loving organisms that mm-hmm. live in the ocean. Um, they can help process your salts, your your synthetic fertilizers that are going in. So, so they, they can really add a, a benefit bringing in that seawater rather than just sea salt, but that's not really doable for a lot of people. Gotcha. That said, if you're going to take a trip to the coast, you know, to go for a little vacation or, or a little holiday on the weekend or something, or maybe you need to make yourself a little holiday to go to the coast for the weekend, um, take a couple of jugs with some lids fill them up with seawater and uh, now you got a year supply and um, and that seawater gets better with time. It doesn't go bad in those jugs. You can leave the lid tight. And so you can just store it down in your garage, you know, on some concrete so it's not getting hot or in direct sunlight and you have your seawater for the year. So nice. once nice. a year, you got to go to the coast and, you know, uh, have a little holiday, isn't it, you know, for good reason. It's mm-hmm. not the worst thing. <laughs> Yeah. Not at all. Come on, kids, get in the car. <laughs> Daddy needs some JMS. Let's you know? go to the beach. <laughs> you know, kids been cl- complaining for ages to go to the beach. And he's like, no, no, I haven't got time. All of a sudden, I have time to go to the beach. That's right. I've you got to these... go at least twice a year. Yeah, I've got these two gallon <laughs> jugs. I've got to get these. <laughs> so what would you do with this salt water then? How would you make this uh, salt water JMS? It's, um, it's the same 
um, thing. Let's see, we're doing um, how many grams are you putting in a five gallon bucket, uh, Mister Mister? I'd, ha I'd have to look up the instructions to be honest with you. I really don't remember off the top of my head, but it's not much. It's, it's just a little, gram. yeah. It's a little it's bit a, in your hand. It's a few, a few grams. grams. It's just all it is. Just a small like, yeah. half a teaspoon or something like that, almost. So, so the what you're doing when you make JMS is you're doing a natural farming kind of core recipe thing. In natural farming, we use seawater at a dilution rate of one to 30. Um, so one part seawater, 30 parts water. And um, so when we put that salt in, we're creating a scenario that sea salt where our water is as if we added one part seawater, 30 parts water. Um, so we're doing one gram per liter um, of, uh, and I think there's like, yeah, four, four and a half liters. Uh, I forget how many, 20 liters. Yeah, 20 liters in a five gallon. So you might have 20 grams of sea mm -hmm. salt, something like that. And um, so with, uh, if you had seawater, all you do is you would add one thirtieth seawater. So you know, basically, if, if you had, you know, um, 30 liters, if you had like a seven gallon bucket, 30 liters, then you'd add one liter of seawater. But with a 20 liter bucket, you're adding like, you know, three quarters a liter or something of seawater instead of your sea salt. So mm -hmm. it's the same equation. Basically, to create seawater, you add 30 grams of sea salt to one liter of water. Mm -hmm. So here's a uh, this, this is 1.8 liters. So we'd add 1.8 grams to make this um, seawater diluted uh, 1 to 30. Now, if I wanted to make this straight seawater, I'd add 30 grams per liter. So I'd have like, you know, 50 grams of sea salt would go in here. And then I would have straight seawater. And now I could pour that straight seawater, give myself, a uh, you know, about a liter for my five-gallon bucket. Mm -hmm. And I would be in the same scenario. However, now I've used fresh seawater rather than salt. Yeah, and it seemed almost kind of uh, counterintuitive. Like I've learned all my life that salt plants don't want salt, but obviously the JMS. That's not true. That's the, you've that's learned you've learned how to be a salt grower. You you love you like adding salt. <laughs> Point to taken, Bazinga, You got me. Mm -hmm. So this is the right just, ratio, eh? That's the key. Ah. Seawater has some 65 68 minor minerals all in balance with each other you know that causes these beautiful coral reefs and you know that that is wonderful for life and the other thing is plants blood their their cytoplasm what's in their liquids here mm -hmm. is seawater diluted one to 30 humans are the same what happens when you go to a hospital and you're sick? What's the first thing they do? Saline. Yeah, normal saline. <laughs> they hook you up to a salt water mix because that's what's flowing through our systems. It's the same thing with plants. So by creating a scenario, and microbes like it too, by creating a scenario where you have, think about the right EC ratio for your water for life to thrive, um, your, you know, cause if they hooked us up to an IV and put straight water in our blood, 
um, it would hurt our um, our brain functions. It, it wouldn't be good for us. So it's the same thing we're doing here. We're bringing in the right diversity of minerals so that our uh, plants and microbes can can thrive with that liquid. Right. Um, we have a question from Chilba here, uh, specifically to do with lactobacillus. He said, "I have a layer of uh, a layer of crust uh, of mold on top of my lactobacillus slash sugar mix." 50 50 what may have gone wrong in trying to make it shelf stable um good question um ultimately if you have access to refrigeration if you're not going to be paying extra and you you got a little room in the fridge it's it's better with lab to say that it has about a three month shelf life and make it and keep it in the fridge and just pull it out of there don't ever add sugar it, it, it works better, right. but if you don't have refrigeration or you need to keep it out, you know, at the grow or whatever, and, uh, you want to keep it shelf stable, then sugar's great and getting a little bit of mold on it. It's not a big deal. It's probably some dust fell on there. It's growing on the, uh, sugar and the natural moisture in the air. Just scrape it off toss it out, toss it in the compost and uh, keep using your LAB. Nice. Nice. One of the pro um, mistakes people make is they make a little LAB and it lasts a lot longer than they thought. So now they got LAB lasting them a year and mm -hmm. they just keep using it. And really LAB is not meant to, to be kept that long. LAB is about a three month shelf life, no matter how you're storing it. And then you want to make some fresh ones. Mm-hmm. I made a shitload of it. I had like a liter of it and I didn't use much. So a lot of it got thrown away, but it was really easy to make. That was a, yeah. that was a good point about it. Should we run through the process quickly, you know, briefly on how to make some lactobacillus so anybody listening can make it because I'm sure they're intrigued by now. How about we just tell them where to find all the information? Let's do that. I spent hours and hours <laughs> making YouTube videos so you, you wouldn't have to guess at this stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I have used those YouTube videos. And let me tell you, the information works. So, yeah, by all means. And in one of those Chris videos, uh, is it one of those videos where your hair grows backwards? One of those? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the one you want, actually. That's the one you want, yeah. <laughs> There's a fine question here from Woody. It's kind of a fine uh, nitpicking point. He wants to know, can he put a lid on his bucket of JMS instead of using a bag as long as he doesn't seal the lid? I mean, your video says put a plastic bag on top to keep the heat in. And that's usually what I've, that's what I've done. He says, can I just throw the lid on top of it instead? I mean, yeah. I mean, can you, can you, uh, can you put regular gas in your Ferrari? Totally. It'll still go. It'll 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 be uh, a lesser <laughs> vehicle, and you get less power over time. Yeah, I mean, you can change all these recipes, but there's a reason for the details. And mm -hmm. until you are a master at it, um, don't mess with the uh, recipes. Mm -hmm. um, until you get good at it, you know, and then you'll know what you can change. Um, but yeah, the the bag allows a little bit more. Uh, breathable uh kind of a little more airspace that gets affected by what's happening in the microbial mix and so as that's um brewing 
there's this gas exchange that happens and this gas buildup that happens. And, um, and so some of it seeps kind of up the exchange happens as, as kind of, um, gases get pushed up and out. Others get allowed in, but not very much. And, uh, that whole plastic bag thing actually, um, works to kind of limit, uh, it's like a fermentation vessel, um, I have a book. Yeah, I have a book. I'll draw it for you. Um, so, if I can draw backwards, here's like a test that. for you. <laughs> yeah, here. Let's, let's let's draw with a marker. It'll it'll show up better. Um, if I have a lid here. Right. And I got I got a, a bunch of material brewing into some alcohol or, or something. Look at that backwards drawing. It's beautiful. Right. <laughs> and now I put a lid over it, but my lid I cause to go out, over, and down. Right. Mm-hmm. Now what happens in that um, container? is that there's a, a a bit of a pressure. You know when we put like an airlock on something, it, ca- it pushes pressure out, it bubbles mm-hmm. out, Yeah. right? So there's a bit of gas pressure that's now going up and out of my container and pushing. So now I have a pressurized little dome. So the, the gas is actually pressurizing and pushing in this direction. And uh, so it doesn't allow a bunch of fresh gas um, like oxygen to come in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this position just being over like this is actually a, uh, the design of like kimchi fermentation vessels. They just have yeah. a little lip that causes, they have a little lip that makes it so that the gas can create pressure and hold kind of a unique airspace over here. And so that's kind of the same thing we're doing with the bag. We're putting the bag over. Now, if you put a lid on, you'll have two-way gas transfer right around those edges and you won't have quite the same effect. So it seems like these silly details, like, well, I could do it easier. I could do it better. But until you really know why, uh, I would say don't change recipes. Um, There's a whole lot of science and a lot of this stuff that's just hidden there in simple instructions. It's a good point. What is, yeah. what is kimchi? You said this a couple of times. What is kimchi? Kim, kimchi <laughs> is basically like Asia's sauerkraut. Right, right. Cabbage, they, they make it garlic. with cabbage. Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of stuff. They add spices, usually like a yeah. red pepper. And uh, yeah, super tasty. Um, sometimes it, it can be smelly if, they, if people like sour kimchi, they let it go longer. Or there's fresh kimchi that's just kind of a day or two fermented. So um, it's it's usually served if you sit down at a at a meal in in South Korea. I've never gone to North Korea, but if you sit down a meal in South Korea, you have your little bit of meat, lots of veggies, and then these dishes of kimchi and various uh, ferments as part of your meal that you kind of eat almost like a sauce on a dish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sounds delicious, man. It sounds cheesy. Uh, I like cheese. No, no, it's not cheese. Oh, um, you said it sounds like kimchi, like you know? <laughs> what's sour, uh, what's no. sauerkraut then? What's sauerkraut? 
Fermented cabbage. You don't know what man. sauerkraut is? It's fermented the, cabbage? In... What the fuck would somebody you're... eat that for? What the fuck? <laughs> well, he's led a very sheltered life, Chris. Yeah, okay. You're from All England, right, so... man. We barely have food here nowadays, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not McDonald's, they don't eat it there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you should start making some, Mackie. Get yourself, get yourself some proper uh, kimchi or sauerkraut recipe and and go to town. You'll thank yourself. It's I'm good, gonna, good for your belly. Yeah, I'm gonna it's have like to human, ask the wife, it's human yeah. LAB. It's human LAB. It's how we get fermented food is how we get a good dose of microbes in our gut. And the microbes are the things that process our food and make our nutrients human available. Just like we're talking mm. about uh, monkeys nutrients becoming plant available because he added that JMS. Mm-hmm. Our fermented mm-hmm. foods are actually what help us make our food that we eat human available keeps your belly lighter instead of being real heavy after a meal if you eat a little fermented food with your meal your belly's kind of lighter you don't feel so heavy on the digestion um keeps your poop regular i mean it's it's good good stuff gonna have to try it Chilbert says you can buy it in sainsbury's so that makes it even easier for me all right there you go sauerkraut (laughs) yeah but just just know just know that there's like 60 different flavors of these these ferments and so if the first one you don't like it very much first try it try it with some different things eat it with some some salty meat or you know whatever your favorite dish but then if you don't like that one try a different one because some people make a little bit more sour kimchi or sauerkraut some people make more fresh and so you're gonna have to kind of find your niche See, I actually like the way you described it there as eating it as a sauce or a condiment because I've always tried to eat it by itself and always fail that way. No, no. Like you get yourself a hot dog, put your favorite stuff on there and then a yeah. little bit of sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. What does it taste like? What's it similar to? Hard to say. Yeah, I think it. I think it, it'll be a whole new world, man. All right, just an individual flavor. Okay, I'm going to try that then. I hope we don't forget. I'm gonna to have to write it down somewhere. <laughs> One day you'll see. He's it. gonna he's gonna come back on the next next episode next time we talk and be like, "What the hell is wrong with you guys? What the <laughs> fuck was that? Would you tell me, why would you tell me to eat this?" <laughs> but the, we had a conversation like that before about uh, prawns, and I was yes. like, "What the fuck would you eat prawns for? That's disgusting, man! The bottom feeders and all this shit." And then I tried prawns, and I'm like, mm, "That's good. That's actually pretty fucking good." <laughs> You know, <laughs> so I, I'm like that. I just haven't experienced many, I don't know, exotic foods. Maybe I could call it that. I, I think, I think there's a lot of people like that. So you're, mm-hmm. you're in the common company. I think yeah. it's, uh, people, you know, uh, here in the U S is the same. People just don't have other experiences of food. It's, it's pretty limited. So mm-hmm. yeah, no worries. You can, you can, you can expand your culinary uh horizons now there's mm-hmm. no time like the present indeed south city said it's it tastes like spicy farts but better <laughs> okay I remember when last time i tasted a spicy fart you know what i mean problem. but better is it what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh that's better than a spicy fart wait mm, a minute mm, what a compliment mm, that is sounds yeah. delicious sounds silly you, you got it right there and uh Jobert said like pickled onions but not in onion flavor okay yeah i do like pickled things as well so Okay, yeah, it's it's basically a pickling. It's it's uh, pickling is a lacto ferment. 
And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a way to pickle, but maybe a little shorter um, time. You don't leave it quite as long. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, back to plant food rather than talking about ash. Well, Woody's so <laughs> actually asked something about, about plant food up here. I think he's asking about FFJ, which is, you know, we're also into the fermentation process here, but mm -hmm. you know, what about fermented fish juice? Uh, no, FFJ is fermented fruit juice. Fruit juice. Okay. Yeah. So um, FFJ has become really popular in um, the cannabis industry um because of some misnomers on the internet oh you know people are like "Ooh, i'm gonna make my terps better by adding some mango ffj get some mango terps in there and all different kinds of reasons people are messing with this ffj um is not used abundantly in natural farming uh, okay. we use it in a very small it has a very small usage f pj fermented plant juice not fermented mm -hmm. fruit juice is used all the time okay and um it's different um because of the enzymes and the expression of biochemicals because of where the biochemicals are on uh, are in the state of plant development so a ripe fruit has changed all its nutrients over to sugars and, and um, different things, whereas an unripe fruit or just a green plant, you know, you're getting some um, purslane or some uh, ice plant or some rhubarb or, you know, these green plants, they aren't, they haven't, they're not converting things to sugar. They're still in a, in a, in a nutrient form for, for vegetative growth and, and uh, other such things. Um, not just for vegetative growth, for general growth. Um, there's, there's plant growth hormones, um, et cetera. And um, people get really into uh, adding um, FFJ because somebody told them it was cool. And uh, I would just uh, challenge that um, that isn't uh, the direction to go. You don't want to be using FFJ as your, uh, as your common use item um it's um it's the wrong it's the wrong nutrient um though it's popular on the internet with people around cannabis and natural mm -hmm. farming it's um it's actually a um a misnomer or or a change that happened um on the internet you know somebody rants a bunch of people keep saying and and it doesn't mean that it's bad and that's kind of the problem is people still have some degree of success with fermented fruit juice um, mm -hmm. added in. So usually you want to put fermented plant juice, one to 500, vinegar or, or rice vinegar, one to 500, and oriental herbal nutrient or OHN, one to 1,000. Combine those and you have maintenance solution. Maintenance solution you can spray weekly on your plants. Your plants will shine and thank you. Every day you'll, you spray that, you'll, you'll see their, their thanks in their expression. Um, and then in vegetative growth, you can add in some fish amino acid, FAA. All of these are things I have videos on. If you search Chris Trump on YouTube, literally every single acronym I'm naming has its own video. And even this combination maintenance solution has its own video. We use it to soak seeds, to pop seeds. 
Um, it has lasting effects for the whole life cycle of the plant. Um, but yeah, in vegetative growth, we'd add uh, one to a thousand fish amino acid and spray it the same way. Um, and we'd get our, our, our nutrients for veg um, and then switching over to flour. We'd have that same maintenance solution, those three ingredients, and we'd add instead of FAA, we'd add WCA or water soluble calcium and spray that. And so there's a there's a bloom kind of um, or, or flowering food and there's a vegetative growth food, um, all with the base of FPJ, vinegar and OHN. And the key with natural farming is these are really balanced nutrients there. The plant isn't going, oh, I got a big meal to eat. I'm going to eat it. and I'm going to kind of slow down and be lazy for a little while. It's mm -hmm. like it's like handing a, a Gatorade to a marathon runner as they run by. It's helping them on their go. If I handed them a Big Mac, whether on their you know fifteenth mile and they got fifteen more miles to go, they'd eat their Big Mac and they puke at like mile seventeen or something. <laughs> um, and so we we are taking this you know uh, prime athlete that's been genetically bred to do the most we want, and we're saying here, I'm just going to help you on your journey with nutrients you need. Well, you don't even have to chew them; they're just going right into your bloodstream. Nice man. There's so many different things you're talking about as well. Could you use all of these together, or are there specific ones you, you can use together? And you shouldn't use them all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a, there's a way about this. Um, so that's the, um, um, uh, we call it in in natural farming the nutritive cycle. So there's there's kind of a a rise and fall of different nutrient needs in a plant's life cycle from mm -hmm. baby seedling to veg to change over from veg to flower to flower and um and there's kind of various needs within there um i do have an online class i teach all this and i have in-person classes i'm coming to ireland in june if you want to pop over and um hang out with us it'll be a good time i was there last uh last year june and um we had 60 farmers not many weed farmers. I think there was one or two, um, mostly um, food farmers, a bunch of dairymen, and uh, they're all going for it with natural farming this year. They've we've gotten a lot of feedback that they're just they're just farming with it now. Um, awesome. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot to natural farming. There's a lot of uh, that you can use, but as Monkey showed you here and his uh, sharing his results, you can also use like the tiniest dip your toe in there um you still know get major results yeah and still get major results so yeah i can i can go into the nuances of this and uh, i will say it's super valuable and at the same time if you're crossing your eyes and you kind of glazed over as too much tech talk then you can just play with a little bit of it and still um tune up your farm or or get get some uh yield increase and quality increase that's what I did. I mean, like, you know, we talked last time I, I listened, but you, I know you didn't think I was going to follow through on it, but I decided to take one step and that one yeah. step will lead you to the next step. And that's really what I would recommend to any person who's listening to this interview. Try the first thing, pick one, pick an easy one and give it a shot. Mm -hmm. What you yeah. got to do, what and do you have to lose? So JMS, <laughs> like you did, JMS is an easy one. Yeah, it's, and you get major it, results out of a simple solution. So easy and so cheap. 
from skeptic to advocate. Well, I mean, let's <laughs> reduce my nutrient use by a third and, and, and wow. awesome. with with increased results. I mean, uh, the last the last grows I've been going, my, my ECs haven't climbed by above 1.1 and they, they barely reach 1.1. And usually by mid flower, you're 1.6, 1.8. And no, I don't need it. My plants are, are happy as can be. So by all means, give this stuff a shot. This is like free nutrient. Yeah, next time we talk to you, Chris, he's going to be full organic, living soil. <laughs> no, I'm happy where I am right now. You know, I'm going to continue to evolve my path and see where it takes me. Mm. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm able to get better results now using a, a, a grow practice that I like to use. And using these practices that Chris has shown me, I get, I get a higher quality at a lower cost. And it's all natural as well. So you're having a less of an impact on the environment. Well, yeah, if I use less bottles, of course, I'm impacting mm. the environment less. Just imagine if all the growers cool. could do something like that. It would make a massive difference. It's very cool, man. Very, it cool. Is very cool. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for the trust, Monkey, and, and uh, good on you for giving it a try. Yeah, and your videos are pretty easy to follow. I mean, I'll admit the first one I watched was one that you put together really fast. It's like, I'm going to just show you real quick how to do this. Bam, 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 bam. But that probably was exactly what I needed because I didn't want to sit down there through a long-haired explanation of why this is going to work. You know, you showed me the guts, explained what I had to do. And within 48 hours after watching the video, I was watching all the plants pray. And so it's like, okay, I am now a Chris Trump fan. Got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a natural farming fan. I mean, I learned this tech too. Um, I'm, I, I went to korea a bunch of times and my teacher is master cho and um yeah he's uh you know he shared a lot of things really freely from his heart and uh yeah i like the so idea of working with the, the earth and not against it at this point you know it, that that makes more sense to me at, at my age at this point you know cool the earth cool. we can't we can't conquer this earth the earth will conquer us unless we, we learn to do the right things for the right way when it's done with Absolutely. us, it'll shake us off like a bad case of the fleas. That's it. <laughs> when it gets angry, we're out of here. <laughs> so you're going to Ireland in yeah. July, did you say? June, July? June, I think, uh, mm -hmm. is our class in Ireland this next year. Is there any uh, idea? In... Sorry. Go ahead. I was just wondering if you're going to be coming to the UK at any time. I, I have. I, I go where I'm invited and I, I go. I, I like to connect in places that um, are, uh, you know, connected to a farm in some way. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, no, I, um, I don't have any plans in the uh, immediate um, future, but, um, you know, definitely, definitely open to it. Um, I just, uh, yeah, kind of go where, where there's interest. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty it's pretty hard to just create a uh, class out of nothing, you know, to pick some yeah. venue and invite people um, for multiple reasons. One, it's not very profitable. There's not a ton of money in putting a class on. So by the time you pay, you know, retail for renting a, some conference space and catering or whatever, you're you you know, it's kind of tickets are going to be too much or or. Mm -hmm. uh, or you're going to be volunteering your time and just paying your bills. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, 
but yeah, but finding, finding a connection with a farmer where we make all this stuff and they get to keep it on their farm, you know, I, all this IMO and nutrients. And then, you know, the host is kind of the recipient of all the stuff we make for teaching. Um, and then the cost stays down and we get to play with real plants and real soil in the class rather than, you know, um, talk about it, which the whole point is to provide hands-on education. So, yeah, but I mean, doing a, doing a short conference or something in the, in the UK, um, could be possible if there's already a conference going on, just speaking, speaking alongside peers. Um, but no, I don't, I don't know. We'll see when that happens. It won't be too long, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Chilbert just said in the chat, they will try and get Chris into the Oxford Farmers Conference next year. This is the UK's Ooh. largest and big on regeneration, etc. Possibly largest yeah, let in the me world. Know. So. I'd be interested. I, I have uh, some some things that have come up in just my research. Um, the the There's an Oxford uh, School of Agriculture that um, I, I looked into a while back and, and they just they had some publications and some things that they were they were looking at that were uh, helpful in um, me understanding something. So yeah, I I know that there's some some great minds in uh, in the UK doing things in agriculture. I'd love to rub shoulders when that time comes. It seems as if this kind of farming, this sustainable farming, is taking off more and more every year, right? Um, yes and no. Um. You know, as much as uh, we're kind of glimpsing it um, grow, there's also as as much or more that's just doubling down on. Uh, we got to find, you know, better better synthetic answers. You know, and mm -hmm. so it's uh, yeah, not everybody's on this uh, on this page just yet. I think they'll get there eventually, especially when they hear you talk about things as well, how much cheaper it is to get the these things made rather than going to buy a shitload of nutrients, just making it yourself out of simple ingredients. It's a lot cheaper, right? Definitely, man. Um, yeah, it, it can be uh, drastically cheaper. Um, and, um, you know, um, but it's it's kind of, it's it's skill-based agriculture. So people can take these things, do it wrong, and still, you know, mess up and, and basically waste time and energy um, just because, you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't have that ingredient. So I'm going to substitute these things and I don't want to wait that long. So I'm going to do it this way. And mm -hmm. people do that all the time with this information. And then they're like, yeah, that didn't work at all. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's not, you can't, you can't play, you know, a stairway to heaven by you know plucking whatever strings you want you have mm -hmm. you have to you know follow the 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 notes and um it's um yeah it's definitely like that there's there's some there's some definite nuance to it and uh especially if you're just learning you're gonna want to um stay close to the recipe um, but I mean, I don't know how they are in the U UK, but in the U S, um, you know, you haven't even finished talking and, uh, an American listening to you talk is already coming up with how they can do it better. They didn't, they don't never even tried it. They have no <laughs> idea how it works and they've already fixed it and, and come up with a better way to do it, um, before they even attempt it. So, 
Yeah, that's like uh, what are you have, putting we, a lid on that bucket? <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's definitely a, a common problem and probably one of the leading leading attitudes for mistakes. Yeah. Um, so, so the biggest piece of advice for anybody who wants to get involved in this kind of thing is follow the fucking instructions. Stick to the instructions. <laughs> Read the book, follow the instructions. I like it's, it. It's probably that's probably the, the straightest shot to success. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you have a book? Uh, I don't. Uh, I got approached by a publisher to give them a book proposal. They would really like to help me publish a book. And um, I I need to uh, I need to find a way to to take uh, take some time off to write a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it is, I just work all the time. So yeah, I haven't quite got there yet. Making a book is going to be one of those things that takes a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of a perfectionist, so uh, I w- I would have a really hard time um, getting into something that I didn't feel like was the best I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely which, which is also which is also a curse because then there's nothing because yeah. I don't have time mm-hmm. to do it as I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until the book comes out, though, that YouTube channel is valuable. By That's all right. Means. Use that YouTube channel, everybody. I am creating a new website um, or am most of the way done. It'll be done in February, actually. Um, so I guess I'll announce it here first. Um, yeah, cool. Exclusive. It'll be exclusive. First, first time I ever talk about it online. Um, <laughs> it'll be Biome um, uh, Solutions, Biome Nutrient Solutions, and... Um, and it's just, um, it's kind of taken it away from, I've never been a big fan of chrisTrump.com. It was, you know, somebody that was helping me with the website, they should do it like this. And I was like, whatever. But then I had a hard time feeling really proud about marketing it because I'm just, I'm not, I'm not super into Chris Trump, you know, let's chest pound or something. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on something that can be a little bit more the community that's developed and, and students of mine so we can have a bit of a network and um, kind of talk about a movement more than a person. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what I'm excited about. And uh, yeah, that's that's been a, a journey in the making. Um, but um, it should be uh, should be a lot of fun by the time I. Uh, here, I'll show you what it looks like. This is uh, cool. I can give you the share screen. Do you need share screen? Or you can turn oh, it no, Okay. I, I can't. Uh, I, I picked you guys up on my phone because I was rushing. You know? That's oh, good. But uh, there's uh, there's Biome and uh, those are Roots. And uh, that'll be when I'm speaking at conference and stuff. This is going to be learning. So some of my students will be using this for putting on classes. Very nice. The Soil Smith Network. That'll be all my all my peers that uh, I've trained to be teachers. And um, yeah, the uh, I'll read the mission, vision, values. It'll be it'll be cool. Um, so we exist to recreate the agricultural system with natural farmers as sovereign, with love and generosity as fundamental values that join investors, entrepreneurs, and global citizens together in community. Um, vision we envision love for nature and people defining the agricultural system worldwide with the open sharing of science skills and resources 
for natural farming, uh, providing access to the highest quality of nutrient-dense food as medicine. Awesome. Values are financial sustainability and community. Um, I don't see agriculture without financial sustainability. Um, so resource, resourceful innovation, generosity, sovereign sovereignty slash closed loop self-sufficiency and hope. Um, last but not least. And then community, culture of care and communication, love, generative knowledge. Generative knowledge is this community. I mean, there's these geniuses in this community that are coming up with they're taking this tech and instead of breaking the recipe and just willy-nilly in it they're becoming masterful at it and then they're saying wait i can do this thing and it's a whole another piece of the puzzle and so that's been really fun i have a small group of uh evil geniuses that we get together and talk about <laughs> uh about science tech um humble wonder and gratitude i just think I'm constantly in awe of nature and uh, how much bigger it is. And then uh, kuleana is a Hawaiian word that speaks of privileged responsibility, kind of like the head of a family or the chief of a, of a tribe is um, given privileged responsibility. Uh, mm. And uh, I think we have that as we, as we gain this knowledge and we understand there's a different way we can do it. Um, to steward the earth just like you said if the earth gets pissed at us that it'll kick us out so um yeah that's some of what i've been up to it'll be uh the best of it i think will be there'll be a, a bit of a community organization where um you know there's uh there's a team working together to um foster the world takeover yeah that's gonna be nice one so we should get you back on when the website launches, if you like. We can run through it and talk about it then. Yeah, thanks. That would be great. Right now, it's still chrisdrump.com. And if mm -hmm. people are interested in uh, checking us out in Ireland, uh, when I go over there, um, they can get tickets on the website. If you are going to go to Ireland, though, um, you can team up with Knots, N-O-T-S. Um, it's like the Irish National Organic Training something or other and um they are covering um i think it's like 45 percent of your ticket so they'll do half your ticket pretty much um will be free cool so that is uh the irish class i think will end up costing people like 500 bucks so that's five days with lunch and mm -hmm. um stuff you can take home it's pretty pretty affordable so that's pretty good what yeah. you're saying but we go in bro we go <laughs> come come yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna it, have to it, i'm gonna have to consider it for sure yeah the irish are uh are sweet people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, we can get martin they don't like there the english well. very yeah. much though do they Nobody really does, mate. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I tolerate no. you guys. Well, we, we've caused some problems around the world in our in our time. You know, <laughs> but only a few, only a few. So, where can people go to find your stuff? Just simply go to YouTube.com/slash Chris Trump. Would that get them to your content? Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah, and Chris Trump.com also has a lot of the videos embedded in it mm -hmm. with some of the explanations, but that website's not super robust but it functions mm -hmm. also um if you're in the u.s um 
I'll have nutrients um, available again for the first time in like two years. Wow. I kind of stopped. Other people were doing it. But probably just um, FAA and uh, OHM, the things that take a really long time to make. Mm-hmm. Most most of what I want is that people just learn to make it themselves and aren't buying it. But mm-hmm. people learn about it and they want to try it. And then I tell them that it takes a good year to make the best FAA. And they're like, well, damn, you know, I got to wait a year or three months to make OHN. And so that's kind of a service um, to kind of make those long time things available mm-hmm. so that people can get started while they make their own. But it's always best to make your own because of the local microbes, right? Well, so yes, um, especially like OHN, I mean, IMO or JMS. Yeah. yeah. But your nutri- your nutrients like OHN, you're not getting any microbes from that. Your okay. sprays, your sprays are, are plant foods and prebiotics and and other things, antipathogenic materials. They're they're not so much an inoculum. Mm-hmm. We always learn so much from you, Chris, when you come on the show. It's always massively appreciated when you take your time out and come and educate us, folks, on this amazing farming technique that you've got going on. I always Sharing end up knowledge, with more, man. I always end up with homework when I talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I know all the listeners are going to be there writing shit down. Like, I gotta go check this out. Go check that out. Because everybody needs to like like monkey. You know, he he grows with salt based nutrients, but he still finds use for these Korean natural farming techniques. And everybody should be getting on this shit, man. It's, using natural systems in your garden is it's one of the best things you can do for your plants, man. They appreciate it. It's much cheaper to do. It's much better for the planet. It's better all around. It's win win for everybody. Well, okay. happy plants make better medicine anyway mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. plus by all means do that I, I for for flavor for experience for for the effect i won't touch salt grown with a 10-foot pole if i'm smoking mm-hmm. sorry it's, it's because <laughs> we, no, I, I, it's kind of it's kind of like we did the taste test you know and uh there's no going back mm. so yeah i think um i think even just for yourself if you're a connoisseur for your own for your own enjoyment um i think you can you can find a whole new world yeah well the changes i made i would i would i asked the missus uh not too long ago compare the compare the crop now versus a year ago and she's there's no comparison don't go back so there's only one way to go forward so yes maybe imo will be my next wormhole to the to get stuck in for give a your, while. give yourself yeah give yourself a break if you do though take your time mm-hmm. recognize that there's learning curve you'll have challenges and uh yeah, yeah it just just plot along like you're learning guitar that's it nice well, we should let you go then chris because we've already taken up enough of your time man and we massively appreciate you coming along you're always welcome if you're free at any time and you want to come and talk on the show or tell us about your website a book when you get your book ready because that's gotta come one day we all want a book yeah. bro you know, <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, man. So, I'll give you a shout uh, when we see the website up and running and get you back on then, if you don't mind. Sounds good, Mackie. Thanks for having me Sweet. on here. Oh, uh, no, thanks and, for joining hey, us, man. Hey, all your listeners, uh, yeah, and enjoy. And, and Monkey, you, you, uh, you made my day, man, with your uh, taking, taking what we talked about and doing it and, and seeing the results. That's uh, that well, makes me feel good on the inside. You nice. corrupted me, man. There's no going back now. Like I said, I just have to keep going <laughs> forward from here. So, but thank you so much for for pushing me in that direction. It, it really helped. Yeah, man. All right, love you guys. Yeah, man. Bye, Catch man. you later, Chris. Have a good later, day, bro. Bye. Goodbye, Thanks for everything, man. Bye now.
That was Chris Trump, man. That was a fantastic interview. Thank yeah, that was a that. fucking good ass interview. That was. I like that. I like that. And there we go. That was Chris Trump. I hope you learned something from this episode. Chris will be back in a couple of months when his website is up and running. But you can go and find him over at YouTube. Just search for Chris Trump KNF or Korean Natural Farming and you'll be able to find all of his videos and learn about all these different things that he does, man. It's super cool and it's a nice, sustainable way for you to make your own nutrients at home for your plants. It's very cool. So again, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned lots of things and I hope you can go and visit Chris Trump on his website, chrystrump.com. It's a very nice website, but of course his new website is coming up very soon. And when it does launch, then we'll be getting Chris back on the show to come and talk about his website here. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope to catch you on the next one. Uh, Friday, we have the Grow Guides where it's all about building your own super soil. So make sure you tune in for that one as well. And if you can, check out our website, highonhomegrown.com, because I've been doing lots of work over there this week to uh, make it look nice. So check it out if you haven't done that already. Anyway, have a good week. Stay high, stay safe. And we'll see you on Friday. Goodbye. Goodbye.